This is Original Six. What is going on, everybody? Welcome back to the Original Six podcast. Thank you very much for joining us. It's It's been a season, and it looks like we're wrapping up the season, the regular season, that is, with this episode of the Original Six podcast. Ryan Savine, as always, joined by Paul Ananitis, Zach Mullen, special guests to come, like very famous people to be named. How you doing, boys? Fired up. As usual, playoffs are starting soon. Leafs clinched the division. Nice to see. Um, you know, it's just a Leafs play today, too. It's a great day. I wonder if I should, like, contrast that and be like, I'm staying frosty, you know, staying inside my air-conditioned house while Paul is fired up. frosty. <laughs> staying nice and cool. That should yeah. be Wendy's slogan for the Frosties. I love chocolate frosties from Wendy's. My God! Yes. Did you see uh, the strawberry one that they came out with? I did. I did. It was actually really good. I had one. It was actually pretty good. I was pretty surprised. My problem is I'm such a chocolate lover that if there's a chocolate option, the other options are just completely irrelevant. Yeah. Facts. That's fair. Same here. But it is what it is. Wednesday, May twelfth, boys. Episode seventeen. I think it's like the sixteenth week. Yeah. So that's four months of podcasting. That's a lot of podcasting. Fun them out. I had to do that. <laughs> I've had the sheesh stuck in my head for like the last week. <laughs> for those of you, well, for anyone who can't see, I put my finger on the arm too. Ice in the veins. I get it. We're cool. We nice with it. Ice in the veins. Paul definitely doesn't know what you're talking about. No 100%. chance. No Ice idea. in the veins, man. Dude doesn't even have Instagram. <laughs> Doesn't mean I don't know things. Yes, it does. That's exactly no, the correlation. Yeah, nope. It's true. It, it's true. Didn't you know? Yes. Or social media accounts that you have. No, Damian Lillard does ice in his veins, right? Or no, what's his face? Uh, D'Angelo Russell. We're, we're talking about hockey. You guys don't even hockey. know who he is because you because we're you know. Doesn't matter. I know what ice in my veins is. Everyone does I, it. I know. We're we're just joking. It's out of love. I know. I get so mad so quick. It's okay, bro. We're getting triggered here. Uh, the Leafs, back to hockey, back to what matters. The Leafs coming off a good week. Two games against the Habs. Uh, 2-0-0, Paul. Got to give mm-hmm. you some props. You got the prediction, right? Yep. Uh, so I'll throw it to you, actually, to break down the first of the two games. Yep. So the first game was on May 6th, a convincing 5-2 win. And the Leafs had a fantastic Fantastic first period, getting four goals, starting off with Alex Galchenyuk, 16 seconds into the game. A weird goal, just a shot from the slot that went like right behind Primo, didn't even know what was happening, just saw that it went into the net. And then not too long later, John Tavares gets a rebound and scores. And then another kind of bad goal, Primo tried to glove it, went off his glove right to Tavares and went in. And then Pierre Engvall coming on the score sheet as well. In the corner, shoots it. Primo saves it off his glove and has the weirdest angle, but still manages to score. So three kind of bad goals to start until Mitch Marner decides to just dangle through the entire 
Montreal defense when they just let him walk into the slot for our fourth goal, which was nice. You know what I said when that goal was scored? Oh, my goodness. Sheesh. Uh, great. Of course, I was waiting did. for that. I was yeah, absolutely I was waiting, waiting for, for something like that to happen. <laughs> Go on. Sorry. But anyways, yeah. And then the, and then Montreal gets two unanswered goals. Cole Caulfield with just a open net. Not, not much defense there. Just a nice pass from Corey Perry as well. And then Lekkanen gets a goal where they just leave him wide open in the slot for the rebound, which is typical. But to end the game on a nice note, even though we got the dub, Austin Matthews scores his 40th goal of the season. What a stud. Yes, Ryan, you can say it. Just say it, man. Oh, my goodness. But, yeah, that was the that was the first game of the week, a convincing 5-2 win. And Campbell played solid. I mean, 19 saves on 21 shots. So, hopefully we can continue. But we don't really need to since we clinched the division. Facts. Yes. Clinch the division. North division champs. You guys see that gear is already out? Like, oh, Leafs God. are already yeah, like, selling that. the North division champs That's gear? That's awful. Don't buy it. Don't buy it. I probably won't. Probably. Well, All right, Zach. Your turn. Anyway, so after that, we played the Habs for the last time uh, this season. Thank God. So wanted to... End off the season with a dub, and we did. It was a 3-2 win over the Habs. A comeback season win, as Paul put it, though Ryan and I were very confused for a while. Uh, yeah, so Montreal actually started out with a 2-0 lead. Uh, Kulak scored his second of the season, I guess, uh, in the first period. Kind of just a seeing-eye shot, went off Muzzin, went in. Then Nick Suzuki kind of scored a little knuckleballer that kind of squeaked through Campbell. So it was 2-0 Montreal. At this point, I'm wa- I don't know about you guys, but I'm watching. I'm like, they look so slow. Yeah. Like, they look tired. I'm like, why? Yeah. What are you guys doing? And then Pierre Engvall scores literally the dumbest goal. <laughs> it's his last goal against Montreal that Paul described. <laughs> literally, this guy just turned around and fired it. And Allen's not even looking. And it went in. And it seems like it just lit a fire under everyone. And they just started, like, Montreal was out shooting. It was pretty bad. Too, and then all of a sudden, just like the engines were going, Nylander scored a really nice goal where he was just um, he got a rebound and just banked it in after losing his skate blade the shift before. So not not like breaking a stick where you can just go to the bench and get it, but his skate blade came out of his skate, so he had to go to the bench. Trainer puts the blade a new blade in, then he goes out on the ice for his next shift and scores a goal. It's pretty great, crazy. Pretty great. Yes. And then Mitch Marner scored off the faceoff, and it was so fast. It was a bullet. I thought it was Austin Matthews. If he was <laughs> shooting right, it was a fantastic goal. I don't know what's with Mitch and like scoring fantastic goals against Montreal. He likes doing it. So that was 3 2, and that was the last of the scoring for the game. Pretty solid game once we kind of came into the game properly in the second period. Um, I'm looking at this chart. So if, I don't know if you guys have seen like TSN's game page or whatever, where you can see like all their stats and stuff. They've yeah. got like a, what's called a win probability graph. So you can actually see what the probability of winning is going to be. And at one point, Montreal's at like 80% they were going to win when it was two nothing. And then all of a sudden the graph just shifts the other way and goes to Toronto for hundred percent. That's what we like to see. <laughs> That's what you like it's to pretty, see. Pretty nice. 
Uh, yeah, three-two dub. Pierre Engvall, by the way, had goals. I believe in three straight games after being benched for like six games. Yeah. yeah. So uh, I gotta say, none of them have been pretty, but you know, he's scoring. That's better than nothing. He'll so, take yeah. it. You know what I like about the week, specifically the second game. I mean, the first game was great. We we started off the game down two, and that game to me proves that even when the Leafs don't have their A game, they can still win. Yes, because even though we made Agreed. the comeback, I, I wouldn't say that was the best game we've played all year, even close to it. No, no, no. But it goes to show that if you hustle and you know, sometimes you got to get a spark from something like the Engvall goal. It could be a big hit, a big save. You don't always need your A game to win games. That was just like, if you don't play a full 60 minutes, anything can happen. Montreal had a great first 20. Leafs didn't. But then the Leafs had a solid 40 after that, and Montreal didn't. So if Montreal just played another period maybe the second period the same way they played the first it could have been a completely different game you never know 100 percent. so we've kind of teased the the standings obviously if you haven't heard the maple leafs have clinched the north division the scotia north division i'm sorry if that's a spoiler warning you've been living under a rock um (laughs) and the first round matchup is set against the same montreal canadians that we just played three consecutive games against should be great, great series. I'm very excited. I'm super excited and also super stressed. Are you <laughs> gonna say you're fired up? That too, but everyone knows I'm always fired up. <laughs> Stress burns the fire. Yes, He's always fired up. So as as our record stands right now, 35, 13, and six, 76 points. A couple games to play. This will kind of hint at our one of our two debates for later on the episode. With two games to play, there is some implication in terms of standing uh, based on how many points you have come after the two rounds of divisional play. So we'll we'll kind of leave that hint as it is, and we'll catch that in a little bit. Uh, but let's move to some latest news. Seems like there was a lot, lots of stuff, Leafs around the NHL. You know, I feel like the end of the season is always kind of crazy with stuff like wrapping up or revealing itself. Um. I mean, I, Paul, I think you should go for that first headline. You touched it, but. Yeah, so Matthews gets 40 goals in 49 games just to prove how good of a goal scorer he is and to take over Ryan's spot. I have a couple stats. That's Damn. right. That's right. So NHL goal leaders since the start of last season, Matthews has 87. And then second is Ovi and Dreisaitl with 72. Wow. And then Pasternak was 71, and then McDavid was 65. That's a significant wow. difference from Matthews to second, just to show how pure of a goal scorer he really is. Absolutely disgusting. Got ice in his veins. Yes. Sheesh. Oh, my God. I had to. I'm sorry. I have problems. Um, so, as we mentioned, the Leafs clinched the division. The last two times they were divisional leaders or winners was the 1962-63 season and the 1999-2000 season. We were not alive for one of those, and for the other, we were like one One or two two years old. So Yeah, it has been a while. Oh, yeah. Uh, And we faced the Canadians in the first round 
in the first round. It'll be the first playoff matchup between the Leafs and Habs since 1979. Now I'm going to put you guys kind of sort of on the spot, even though it's on our sheet. Everyone's going to be doing it. Series predictions for the first round, Leafs and Habs. Uh, obviously the winner and how many games? Zach, I'll start with you. Uh, I'm going to say Leafs and six. Uh, I think it should, like, it should be us. Like, if it is, I'm going to all be so mad. So it should be us. Like, this is the first time, though, like, looking at a Leafs matchup, I can say we should win it. Uh, so, yeah, Leafs and six. I think the Habs will probably give more of a fight than people are expecting. Uh, they're a pretty tenacious opponent. So expecting a big pushback. I'm not expecting them to kind of roll over. Uh, a lot of X factors, too. Uh, Carey Price, Frederick Anderson, those two guys could be back, could not be back. Who knows? I think if Carey Price comes in for Montreal, it might make it a little more difficult. Uh, so we'll see. Leafs in six. Okay, Paul? I'm saying Leafs in five. And that doesn't mean that we're just going to roll over them. But I'm, I'm saying those five games that we play are going to be very close, very competitive, hard-hitting back and forth games. I just think that we're going to come on top three more times in Montreal. Makes sense, okay. right? Yeah, it does. I, I am with Zach on this one. We didn't even have this written down. I say Leafs in six. I do think most games will probably be pretty tough games, hard fought. Uh, Montreal is a team that seems to not necessarily play well against Toronto, even though they do, they play tough against Toronto. Uh, and in the playoffs, it's a whole new beast. We'll see, Zach, like you said, some X-Factors. I'm going to also go Leafs and six. Interesting. Very. And who knows when that series is going to start? Because apparently the playoffs might start Saturday, but the Leafs, the North Division playoffs might start midweek. Like, it, it's Thanks, all Vancouver. over the place. <laughs> Here's what I'll get. I get that Vancouver has to finish their season, and I think the rest of their games – or like by the time the weekend rolls around, the rest of their games will all be against Calgary. Both teams are mathematically eliminated. Why not just let the North Division start? I don't mm. and like The only reason I can think of is because they don't want to take in viewer viewership revenue, take away viewership revenue from the Vancouver-Calgary games because no one's going to watch those games if there's playoff hockey on. It's true. But Fox. if there's American playoff hockey while those games are going on, it doesn't matter anyways, because people are probably going to watch that regardless compared to a Vancouver-Calgary matchup that could debatably go down as one of the most meaningless games of the season. Honestly. Agreed. So who knows? It's all over the place. Speaking about ice in veins, Connor McJesus, a.k.a. Connor McDavid, reaches the 100-point milestone after a four-point night against the Canucks. He is built different. He is just an animal. It's monster. It's ridiculous. 53 games, 100 points. Can you imagine a full season? 82 games? That's like 150, 160 points in a full season. It would that's, be absurd. That's absolutely mental. And McDavid was the ninth player in NHL history to reach 100 points, 53 games. Yeah, I saw that. Another, you want to know how insane his season has been? I do want to know. In the last 15 games, Connor McDavid has 38 points. I, know, I saw that the is, graphic. That is oh more points than the leading scorers on five teams in the NHL. 
That's bad. Who was that's, it? Max, that's bad. Max Anaheim. Comtois, Philip Ronick, right? Yep. Anaheim, Max Comtois, 33 points. Detroit, Philip Ronick, 26 points. That's just sad. And he's a defenseman, too. Yeah, I know. Wow. Nashville Predators, Roman Yossi, defenseman, 33 points. That's not surprising. Devils, Pavel Zaka, 35 points. And Ottawa Senators, Brady Kachuk, 35 points. All in between 48 to 55 games played. And McDavid in his last 15 has more points than they do. Wait, how many points did you say Brady Kachuk had on the season? 35. That seems really low for him. He's on Ottawa. What do you expect? Someone has to score. <laughs> yeah. It's Connor Brown. That's Connor Brown. Yeah, Connor Brown. That's true. Maybe I just think Brady Kachuk. Maybe I think Brady Kachuk is better than he is because I had him in one of my fantasy leagues and he was just insane because of all the shots and hits. Yeah, I was yep. going to say shots oh, and yeah. hits are a big part of his game. Yeah. Uh, it seems like this next piece happened a while ago, but only part of it it happens when we recorded last Wednesday and it was the aftermath of the Rangers-Capitals game. And the best tweet that I saw to describe it was I was watching a fight and then a hockey game broke out. I saw that. Uh, <laughs> I definitely saw that. That was, that was so funny. That was funny. That's uh, a good one. We got three-line brawl on the on the opening draw. Like I, I want to say like six or seven fights. Mm-hmm. Over 100 penalty minutes in the first period. Uh, then the Rangers kind of happened coincidentally, kind of sort of cleaned house with the. I think it was the president. And the GM got fired a couple of days after. Yes. Obviously, they had made that statement that they thought George Peros. Uh, head of the NHL player to safety. Uh, wasn't Tom Wilson just job. destroyed a franchise. Oh, yeah. And then today, Rangers fired David Quinn. Correct. Which yeah. I, I think is kind of, I, I think it's unrelated to that incident, but he, he had it coming. That team that was, should be better than they were. Yeah, yeah I agree. Yeah, Way better. Oh, for sure. Panarin, Zibanejad, Lafreniere. Adam like Fox. Had, Adam that Fox guy was yeah, played fire. fantastic. Yeah, and sure. the one thing I'll, I'll I will use as like a defense to Quinn is like, no matter how good they were going to be, like how were they ever going to make the playoffs in that division? Yeah, the top yeah. four in that division are really good. That's what uh, Boston, Washington, the Islanders, and is it Carolina that's at the top of them or Pittsburgh? It's Pittsburgh, Boston, Washington, the Islanders. Pittsburgh, yeah. So that's a those are like four. Maybe they could have challenged the Islanders for that last spot, but. Those but are the, the Islanders were good all season, except for the last two weeks when they've been average and everyone else caught up. You know what doesn't make sense that I saw? So the Rangers came in fifth with 60 points and the, and the Flyers came in sixth with 58 points. But if you look at their goal differential, the Rangers had a plus 20 and the Flyers had a minus 38. Well, yeah, it's because those two games where the Rangers scored like nine goals against the Flyers. <laughs> that, yeah, that's that's exactly what it is. <laughs> it's like, like complete opposite numbers. That's yeah. you could literally credit that to Mika Zibanejad, like solely. Oh, that guy went off. It was ridiculous. Craziness. Absolutely ridiculous. Yeah. Uh, yeah. some more headlines. I guess this is not a good headline, so maybe it's a low line, whatever you want to call it. Miko Koskinen, who I will say I had on my fantasy team at one point this season. Uh, Paul, maybe you can expand on this, but he made history. By allowing four goals on his first four shots against in a game. Yep. I yeah. Go oh my. Like I was watching that game and like I was like, is every shot gonna go in? And then he finally made one safe. But yeah, 
Koskinen let in four goals on four shots. First goalie to allow four goals on four shots since Washington goalie Don Beaupre. I'm hoping I say that right. On November 24th, 1989. So it has been a while. You know what I miss about one of those scenarios in a normal season? When he would finally make a save and the fans go wild. (laughs) And the fans go absolutely nuts and high and like cheer and high five and everything. Like we did it. We made a save. Did you guys see that graphic that someone posted? It was like uh, Sportsnet was covering it or whatever. And they hadn't updated their shot chart yet. So it just showed like the other team had four goals on three shots. And they're like, wow, Koskinen's (laughs) really bad tonight. (laughs) That's funny. I did not see that. Oh, man. Uh, some other goalie news, Paul. I'll let you stick with it, bud. All right. Joseph Wolf sets the Marley's franchise record for 57 saves in an OT win versus Laval. And man, just played like an absolute animal. I saw the highlights afterwards, and some of the saves he made were absolutely ridiculous. So good for good for him, and it's a nice sign for the Leafs as having Joseph Wolf as a goalie prospect and being such a big name in the goalie prospects that we have because he's going to be hopefully playing with us one day and that just shows how good he can be showing anderson hopefully he can how take it to the next level what'd you say showing anderson how it's done because freddie yes, played sir. a couple games for the marlies looked very meh mm-hmm. <laughs> uh playoffs next week that's our next headline and to get us ready for those playoffs we need a medical update some injuries right. from the one and only may or may not have received his medical degree in a cereal box. It's Mullen MD. <laughs> Sorry, I actually I had to stop laughing. Ah, uh, you yeah, choking on the for... cereal from that cereal yeah. box? Yeah, well, I forgot to add add milk. It was really dusty. Anyway, <laughs> so I uh, yes, injury reports before the playoffs. So Frederick Anderson has not played an NHL game since March nineteenth. Uh, he was kind of skating slash rollerblading in Vancouver a few weeks ago. Um, and he ended up playing, as you said, Ryan, he played a couple games for the Marlies. He's played one game where he played half of the game. And then the next game he played the whole game and that game went to a shootout. Uh, didn't look too, too great. Definitely rusty. Uh, he landed a goal in the first minute of one of those games. So kind of interesting to see he's actually starting tonight for Toronto against Ottawa, uh, which could be good or could be bad because Ottawa's kind of had our number a little bit this season more than they should have. Uh, so he'll be back. Uh, Riley Nash was skating in practice on the third line. Uh, looks like with a healthy lineup that Brooks may be coming off that fourth line and that'll be Spezza, Thornton, and Simmons, which coincidentally have like 3,000 games played, 3,000 goals or something ridiculous like that. What a grinder uh, line. Yeah, games played 3,798, 1,034 goals, 3,006 points. Thank you, Kristen Shilton, for those stats. Crazy fourth line with a lot of experience. Uh, Yeah, so that'll be really interesting to see a healthy lineup. Nick Foligno is also back tonight. Uh, He missed two games with a mysterious upper body, but it was clearly lower body injury. Uh, So he will be in the lineup tonight. Uh, he was skating in practice on the second line, but you know we'll see where he starts tonight. All that's, right, that's it. That's I the like report. It. Thank you very much, Mullen MG. Thanks for your time. We'll see you next week. All right, see you next week, guys.
So I wanted to jump in. I had some some stats that I forgot to give you guys. And Mullen MD's literally, oh, he's back. There we go. Oh, it's Zach. Um, I'm back. Yeah, sorry. We were just switching seats. Yeah, no problem. I had some stats uh, about Leafs Canadians uh, from this season that I thought were just some, just some interesting stats to be aware of. So I probably should have read these before. But nonetheless, so against the Canadians this season, the Leafs are 7-2-1. and one. Uh, We've outscored them 34-25. to 25. Our leading scorer in those 10 games was, what a surprise, Austin Matthews. So 10 games, 14 goals, 14 goals, 14 points, seven goals, Holy. seven assists. Uh, Jack Campbell against the Canadians went 4-1-1 one, one, with a 216 goals against average and a 918 save percentage. And this is going to sound weird to hear because it doesn't seem like it ever happened. Anderson was 3-1-0 against the Habs with a 273 goals against average and a 912 save percentage. Dang. I read that. I read that Anderson stat. Like that must've been last season, right? Yeah. It felt so long ago. Wow. It has been some time. See how he plays today. Yeah. Big indication. If he's playoff ready, I would almost give him both games tonight and Friday. If he's healthy. Like I was just going to say, if he's healthy. Yeah. We'll see. Yeah. I'm guessing Keith will see how he plays today and then just. Yeah. Maybe I think he said I, play today that, that Campbell is actually starting that last game against Winnipeg, but I don't think he was 100% confirmed on that. I wouldn't mm-hmm. start Campbell. I, I know wouldn't this start is, Campbell. This is going to lead into our debate, which is coming up next. But if, if anyone's resting the next two games, for me, it's Campbell. 100%. Agreed. He's not even on the bench to back up anyone. Agreed. He's resting. Facts. All right, so let's move into our debate. Um, I haven't turd, turd, wow. I haven't turd, that's wow. right. <laughs> I haven't heard too much of the hockey community talking about it, but I've heard it a little bit. Uh, so our first debate, what's more impressive? Austin Matthews getting 40 goals in a 56-game season or Connor McDavid getting 100-plus points in a 50-game season? That is the topic. I don't know that there's a wrong answer because both seem dramatically improbable uh but paul i'll throw to you first it's so tough because if you had to say who do you think at the beginning of the season who would get 40 plus goals i'm guessing most people would say matthews and if people had to say if anyone could get 100 points who would it be and i I would guess they'd say mcdavid so it's so tough to say which one's more impressive because both of them are insanely insanely good stats if i had to pick i would say oh my god it's so tough i would probably lean a little bit more towards the goals because matthews to be specific got 40 goals in 49 games that's nine games without a goal and like for a season some of which he was also battling an injury yeah exactly 10 games he couldn't even shoot so that's even crazier to add to that statistic. So I would say I think it's a little more impressive that Matthews got 40 goals than McDavid getting 100 points, even though he did average two points a game. But McDavid's McDavid, and we know that he can do that no matter what. And I know Matthews is Matthews, and he can score like anytime he wants, but 40 goals in 49 games is just crazy. Yeah. Okay. Zach, what do you have? Are you going to agree with Paul or – that's, he's right. It's so tough 
because uh, both of those numbers are pretty pretty impressive. But I think I got to go with McDavid. I think getting a hundred plus points in an like a regular season is already like a really big number. Like people, wow, hundred points. Like only a few guys do that, right? So the fact that he did it in a shortened season, and the fact that he's doing it on Edmonton is also a big factor for me. You know, it's it's him and Drysaddle really for their offense. Like their point totals are ridiculous compared to the rest of the team. I was looking at this. I forgot when I was looking at this, but it was like, I think Paul might have sent it or something, but McDavid has like the 100 points. Drysaddle is like in the 70s. And then the next highest player is like Ryan Nugent Hopkins with like 31 or something. Yeah. Ridiculous. So their whole offense comes from McDavid and Drysaddle. For a, like another comparison for that is Tyson Berry, who was not that great when he played with Toronto last season, is second in defensive scoring. With 46 points. Second in defensive scoring. 38 of those are assists. You know why? Because he passes out of his own zone to McDavid. And then he scores. That's <laughs> the only reason he's many, up there. Curious how many of those would be secondary assists. Probably oh, uh, I feel like so if, if you put me on a line with Connor McDavid, I could probably get some points. <laughs> at least two. I'd say at least two. Yeah. At least two. Yeah. You could put anyone on a line with McDavid. They'd get, they'd get points. It's just give yeah. it to him and get out of his way. It's incredible. So like the fact that he does that again, that's like when we look into playoffs, we'll probably talk about this more, but like how viable is McDavid in the playoffs when you can shut down all of Edmonton's offense on one line. So did you see that, that other stat as well? That McDavid's in first, of course, with 102 points and there's dry with, I think 78 or 79, something like that. And then there's Mitch Marner. Who's third. It's like 65. I want to say it, McDavid has more assists than Marner has points. And wow. Marner's third in the league in scoring. That's wild. That's uh, that That's is absurd. insane. Absolutely insane. That's crazy. Yeah, Marner's got 67 points. He's actually in fourth now because I think Marshan had like a three-point net or something. Oh, facts. No, we don't count him. We don't like him. Yeah, yeah. no, uh, Marner's in third. Yeah, yeah. Marner's in third. Um, so, Paul, you voted for Matthews. Zach, you voted McDavid. I'm going to have to be the tiebreaker. I'll give it to McDavid, uh, the 100 points, and I'll, I'll tell you why. There's two factors here. Because um, it's my, McDavid? Well, yes. Uh, <laughs> I, will, I will say, however, that what was very heavily originally leaning to me towards choosing Matthews and 40 goals is that scoring goals in the NHL is the hardest thing to do in the NHL. Scoring goals is hard. That's why not a lot of players are high goal scorers. Right? Like that's common knowledge. Scoring goals in the NHL, not easy. However, Matthews is 40 goals. That's how that's fantastic. But it's not like McDavid doesn't have a lot of goals, also. Like he has 33, which is pretty damn good. All things I think considered. he's second in the league in goals, too. Right. So he doesn't have 40, but he still has a lot of goals. And on top of his 69 assists, 49 of them are primary assists, which tells me that in like bad math but like over two-thirds of his assists he is basically the player creating the play yep um 100 points he's he's over 100 i'm guessing he's not resting for the last uh however many games they have left i want to say it's two it is two i'd rest him he's not resting there's no chance why he already has over 100 points but if he gets injured and it's done 
They won't rest him. I'm calling it now. It's not going to happen. That'd be like an AHL game. What if McDavid doesn't play? It's yeah. an AHL game. Him and Dreisaitl will <laughs> just sit out and Koskinen starts. Yep. <laughs> uh, so I'll give it to Edmonton. To Edmonton. That would be McDavid. actually crazy, though. Uh, just a random stat to kind of go back to Tyson Berry. Uh, he leads the NHL in secondary assists. With Tyson Berry does. There you go. Yeah. I'm not even surprised. I am not surprised either. Not even one bit. Yeah. Just Wild. give it to McDavid and get out of his way. <laughs> that's much. all you have to do. I think, right. that's, I think that's why their practices are so short. They just go on the ice. The coach goes and just goes, Give it to McDavid and get out of his way. Thanks. See you tomorrow. The coach goes, you see this guy grabs McDavid by the shoulders. This guy right here gives him a good shake. Pass him the puck and we'll win. Okay, see you next week. Okay, see you pass next week. Pass to McDavid. <laughs> yeah, we had a pass to Matthews episode. Now we should maybe switch the pass to uh, McDavid. Yep. All right, so that was our first debate. Now we're going to go to our second one. We kind of teased it before. Do the Maple Leafs rest some players in our final two games? Uh, in order to give them some rest? Or do the Maple Leafs not rest players and try to build off a couple more wins, climb a bit more in, obviously not the divisional standings, but the league standings? Because if the Leafs make it out of the Scotia North Division, make it to the final four teams, there is then a reseed mm-hmm. between those four teams. So the top out of those four will play the fourth, and the second and third rank will play each other. So basically the question here is, do you think the Leafs should rest players, not worry about it, just rest them, give yourself the best chance going into the playoffs, or do you try to gain that ground to grab some home ice advantage and higher seeding if they make it to the final four teams? Uh, Zach, I'll start with you because Paul went first in the other one. Actually, can you start with Paul first? <laughs> I'm looking, no. I'm, I'm no, looking no. for some stats. I'm sure. looking for some stats. Do you want me to start? Sure, that'll I'll be start. a nice change. I'll start. And I, I, I made this decision. Um, I, I did look at some stats, but the, the reason I made this decision was not because of stats. Two factors for me. Uh, so I say rest as you see fit. Obviously, it's going to be a conversation with the players like Matthews. Like if he doesn't want to rest, you're not going to force him. However, um, I think you have to worry about getting to the final four before you can worry about your positioning in the final four. And if you rest your players, you are giving yourself the best chance to get there. So I think that's the priority, giving yourself the best chance to get there. And then if you make it, maybe the top seeded teams in the other divisions aren't even there. So you're already the top seeded team. That was my first factor. Second factor is what will home ice advantage even look like for a Canadian team? Lots of rumors talk that no game, like all games could be played in the States come final four. It, it's, it's really unknown. So is risking injury in the last two games worth potentially having last change in a game that you're not playing at home? For those reasons, I'm out. Uh, no, for those reasons, I say rest. Uh, now I'll throw it to Paul. I completely 100% agree with you. You took every single one of my points I was going to say. I think we should rest the players. And I don't care if Matthew says he wants to play. He is not playing. If anything happens to Matthews, I will cry. I swear to God. Or Marner or Tavares or anyone. I think we should rest our key players to have the best opportunity to win in the playoffs. It doesn't even matter about the seeding because if we have everyone healthy, that's our best chance of winning. If the Leafs are healthy, they can compete with anyone. 
and if they don't play like idiots. But I think we should rest every single key player, not every single, but like the majority of key players that we have for the players. The ones that you could probably determine need some rest. Yeah, like Matthews, Marner, Campbell, as you said. Yeah, okay. Tavares. Zach, are you going to make it three for three or do you have a, a, a differing opinion? I am going to make it three for three, but I'm going to explain why it was almost not three for three. So I am, in this scenario, I want to be selfish. I want the President's Trophy. I really do. <laughs> I don't care about the seeding stuff because I know in a COVID season, like it's not going to be the exact same. Can we so, even get the President's Trophy? We can. This is say. what I was looking up was the clinching scenarios. And I saw this graphic when I woke up and I had to go searching for it. So the mm. according to the NHL, the Maple Leafs will remain in President's Trophy contention if they defeat the Senators in any fashion and the Sharks defeat the Golden Knights in regulation and the Kings defeat the Avalanche in any fashion. That's just us remaining in contention. However, the Golden Knights can clinch tonight if their points earned versus the Sharks exceeds the Avalanche points earned versus the Kings. And the Avalanche can clinch the President's Trophy. So that's a crazy division, by the way. Uh, <laughs> if they defeat the Kings in any fashion and the Sharks defeat the Golden Knights in regulation. So it's looking like the most... We probably won't get it because both those teams need to lose. And it looks like probably Vegas will get it, which is still crazy because they, their team didn't exist like four years ago. So And they're not yeah. in the expansion draft this year. That's also crazy. But I understand why I know. they said it that way. They said it before the team existed. I think the right? expectation is that Vegas would not be a President's Trophy caliber team. Yeah. Craziness. So, I would like to say that we should go for it, but it's extremely unlikely the smart play is resting players, 100%. I could see Thornton sitting, Matthews, Marner, guys you said. Uh, I'm okay with Campbell actually starting that last game because we've ha- kind of had some days off recently. Like, we're not playing back-to-backs. Keeping him fresh, keeping keeping his legs warm kind of thing. I swear, though, if any Winnipeg Jet touches Jack Campbell in that last game, like, I expect this to be like a Capitals-Rangers thing. Like, fight their entire team, bro. Just bro. Don't let them touch him. <laughs> Don't let them touch him. So three for three, yes. Okay. Rest players. So that now doesn't I'm gonna... have to happen if he rests. That's true. That is true, but That's I don't true. want him to be rusty. I'm going to alter this a bit. So or I'll, I'll further the, the conversation here. So Anderson starts tonight. Let's assume he starts the final game of the year on Friday also. Does that factor in who player-wise you rest because you want to – make his life a little easier in those two games to kind of acclimate back into game form where if you're resting our best players, he's probably going to get shelled and is going to be overworked. But if you don't rest those players, he has a better chance of potentially playing a solid game because he won't be just completely outplayed and outshot. Does that change anything? Or is it just like kind of Campbell's the focus at this point? Rest who you need to rest. I feel like the more shots Freddie can face, the better. Because he hasn't played in such a long time. He needs to get back in a game form. And yeah, he might not save all of them, but the more shots, the better for him to practice and to get warmed up again. I mean, you obviously don't want to see your goalie get absolutely torched with shots sometimes, but these last two games don't mean too much unless Zach wants to present his trophy. I don't think it's going to happen regardless, even if we win both these games. Yeah, yeah, exactly. I, I like, I don't think so either. Vegas has to get one point in, in one game 
for us not to be able to get the president's trophy. Yeah. But I, I think Freddie can play both games if he really wants to. It's up to Keith, but I think the more Freddie plays, the better. Because let's say, worst case scenario in the playoffs, Campbell doesn't stay the way he has been in the season, then we have Freddie to rely on as well. Yeah. I. Uh... I'm also on this on board with Paul. I think the more shots, the better, because when he goes into the playoffs, there's going to be no easing it in, especially if he comes in relief of Campbell because Campbell hasn't played well or her, like, hopefully he doesn't get injured. Like that kind of situation. That's when I see Freddie coming into a game and it's not going to be easy. So right now I'm okay with him getting shelled because as Paul said, these games don't matter that much to be honest. So if he gets shelled and we lose like six, one to Ottawa, like, well, first our, our pride will take a hit, but it already like, has. It's fine. It's a, it's it's our, our pride has flexibility. That's true. As Leaf fans, our pride is flexibility. So yeah, like let him get shelled, let him get warmed up, you know, because that's how it's gonna be in the playoffs. Yeah. I I agree. I kind of like I see both sides. Um I I think what we didn't really say who should be rested are guys like TJ Brody and Jake Muzzin. I mm-hmm. think there's a lot of value in giving at least each of them one game rest. Also, something that may factor into this is that a good chunk of the Maple Leafs players just received a COVID vaccine. Yeah. On Saturday, I believe, or Sunday. Sunday. Yeah. So the chances are they're probably sore. Like it's possible they experience some flu-like symptoms. Obviously that kind of stuff won't get released. So there's some rest to it, but if you're sore and kind of in that discomfort, is it really rest? There's no practices, obviously. Um, I don't know that that factors in, but I would give those guys a rest. I'd probably rest Thornton, Spezza, Simmons. Thornton's old. He needs it. Yeah. Yeah, it, it'll be interesting who to see, I mean, the games tonight and uh, on Friday, who they rest down the stretch. Yep, that's true. We'll see what Keith does. It's pretty much what we can do right now. Exactly. The cards are in his hand. Exactly. Speaking about cards in someone's hand, then now the cards are in my hand. It's time for two truths and a lie. What a fantastic segue. <laughs> yeah, you. honestly. Thank you. It would be really cool if I was just holding a deck of playing cards and just started like shuffling them. I thought you were. I didn't know. Yeah, what that's what hand. I thought was coming. Oh, it, it was my paper notes. Uh, gotcha. Uh, so this is kind of NHL record edition, but I kept it based on some records from this season. All right, cool. Um, these might be a little out there. Oh, so bear, bear with me. I, I did what I could. Great. Great. Statement number one. Austin Matthews, his 0.8 goals per game this season, ranks outside of the top 50 goals per game in a season in the NHL record books, and that's with a minimum of 20 goals in that season. So of all the players who have who have averaged the best goals per game in a season where they scored at least 20 goals, Austin Matthews' 0.8 ranks outside of the top 50. Statement one. Statement two is a little similar, but now we're going to McJesus. So Connor McDavid, his 1.89 points per game this season, ranks outside of the top 50 all-time point-per-season ranking, point-per-game rankings in a season with a minimum of 50 points. So if anyone who's achieved 50 or more points in a season, 
McDavid's 1.89 points per game ranks outside of the top 50. Statement number three, we know Jack Campbell had his 11-game streak to start the season, mm-hmm. and that's an NHL record. But that is also the longest winning streak by a Toronto Maple Leafs goalie ever. That is statement number three, that the 11-game win streak is the longest winning streak by a Toronto Maple Leafs goalie of all time. A lot of words thrown out there, so a quick recap. So statement one, Matthews' 0.8 goals per game this season ranks outside of the top 50 NHL goal per game seasons. Connor McDavid's 1.89 points per game this season ranks outside the NHL's top 50 points per game in a season. And Jack Campbell's 11-game win streak is a franchise record for win streaks by a Toronto Maple Leafs goalie. Does that make sense before we get into yeah, the yeah. answers? Yeah, it makes okay. sense. Yep. It was very Zach, go first. Okay, lots of numbers. Um, for me, my thinking is, I remember hearing somewhere about Jack Campbell's win streak and like Maple Leafs records and stuff. Problem is I can't remember exactly what it was, but I'm like 85% sure it was the longest goalie win streak in, in Leafs history. So that one for me is more of a lock for sure. Uh, both of the other two are ridiculous. I, I wish I could say yeah. they were both false. Cause that's crazy. Um, but I, I know, it, yeah. Wayne Gretzky had so many that like all 50 exactly. him. So for me, the McDavid one seems more likely to be true, even though that's crazy, but just because like so many like players in NHL history have had a lot of points. So if I think it, the Austin Matthews one is a lie because I think a 0.8 is ridiculous. And as Ryan was saying before, goals are the hardest thing to do in the NHL, whether that was 50 years ago or now, that probably hasn't changed. So, uh, yeah, I'm going to say that the Matthews one is a lie. Okay, so statement number one, you're saying is a lie? Yes. All right, Paul, are you going to agree with him? Change it up? I had the exact same thinking, but just to be different, like I know the Jack Campbell one for sure, is true if I if I remember correctly when he was getting those win streaks they were always saying tens the record tens the record even like NHL wise and Leafs record wise the Matthews and McDavid ones are absolutely ridiculous because whichever one is true that's just nuts but I'm gonna say that the uh, I'm gonna say the Matthews ones true and the mcdavid one's false so the second statement's the lie okay watch we both got it wrong no wow. yeah i know watch jack both, campbell get it you were both correct campbell's 11 game win streak is a maple leafs record Woo-hoo. uh second is john ross roach who in 1924-25 in that season won nine games in a row at the toronto st pats mm-hmm. so that's the second for the maple leafs Mm-hmm. And the winner of I don't know if we're gonna still gonna do two truths and a lie in the playoffs. Maybe we will. Maybe we'll do one playoff edition. But the winner of the pending last two truths and a lie of the season is Paul. Oh, hey. oh man! Which means the statement about Connor McDavid is a lie. Uh, so I'll give you some context. So Matthews, his zero point eight. His 0.8 goals per game this season ranks 76th 
all time. What? 76. You know how many players back then had like 60 goals in like 40 games? It's crazy. So the record is Joe Malone. So pending this was a very long time ago. So take that information as you may. Did it in 1917, 1918. Kind of like takes away from it. Uh, He had 44 goals in 20 games. That's 2.2 That's two goals, goals a game. per game. 2.2. Wait, did you say Joe? Joe Malone. Paul, you know Joe, right? Joe Malone? Joe Mama. <laughs> what? <laughs> what? I'm you guys don't know that joke? The Joe Mama? You I get someone know. to say Joe, and then you say Joe Mama. Yeah, whatever. No. It was funny to me. Okay, sorry. I'm Please glad. continue. Yeah, so Matthews ranks 76th on that <laughs> list. Also, like, his rank could increase if he plays more and scores more or decrease if he plays more and doesn't score keep that in mind it probably won't change drastically with two games but it's still changeable as of right now he has the best goals per game in a single season among active nhl players yes the next closest who ranks 80th all time is ovechkin 0.79 so in 2007-2008, he had 65 goals in 82 games. That's crazy. So Matthews could fall below that, I think. Uh, don't ask me the math. He probably could if he doesn't score in both these games. Yeah. So now to the McDavid side of it. By the way, these records were like ridiculously intricate to look for. But they're NHL.records.com or something. Help me out. So the lie, Connor McDavid's 1.89 points per game this season. The statement was that it ranks outside the NHL's top 50. It does rank inside. Is he 49? He is not. He's 22nd. Okay. So if I look at the ranks here, he is 22nd uh, with of the 1.89 points per game. First, I mean, if you look at, let's say, the top, the top 16 are all Gretzky or Lemieux. No one oh, else cracked the top 16. Uh, but the top would be Wayne Gretzky in his infamous season. 74 games played, 205 points. That's 2.77 points per game. That's disgusting. He was closer to getting three points a game than two and a half every game he played. Damn. That's what that statement means. Sheesh. Oh, my God. More ice in the veins. Of Wayne Gretzky, Mary Lemieux. Did you guys like that one? Was that interesting? That was interesting. That was Pretty crazy. Good. I feel yeah. like that's a tough one to like wrap your head around. Like, how could either of them be outside the top 50? Because they seem so good now. Yeah. But back then, that was just like, I don't want to say like the average for a good season. It's like mm-hmm. that was like if you had a really good season, not if you had like foreign miles beyond a good season. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I mean, goaltenders were pretty trash back then. I mean, not not to be insulting to anyone, but, like, if you a look at some insulting. of the highlights from, like, a long time ago, like, they literally – players would literally just walk into the zone and clap bomb, and it's a goal. Yeah. yeah. So I will, all the time. I will also add McDavid's point per game pace this season is the leader amongst active players. Not necessarily just this season, but, like, if they're active, they've never had a season better than this one in terms of points per game. I don't doubt that. The next highest would be Crosby, who ranks 73rd all-time. He had a points per game of 1.61 in 2010-11, where he had 66 points in 41 games. Damn. 
then you keep going down games. the list. Kucherov is up here for his good season a couple years ago. Another Crosby. Uh, Drysidles last year is up there. Those are all hovering between 95 and 100 on the all-time list. Jeez. That just goes to show you how good McDavid's season is, but yet how good Gretzky and Lemieux were, and like all the guys above, but how how much better yeah, than everyone else they were. Yeah. Mm-hmm. All right, that was two truths and a lie. We have some week ahead. Two games, last two games of the year. I feel like this is where the predictions probably don't have any merit because we don't know who's playing. Anderson starting, which could either mean a shutout or he'll allow like eight goals against. Uh, but Paul... <laughs> You got last week's right, so do the honors. Yep. So Zach said 2-0-0, so that's not going to be right because it's Zach. He just wants the president's trophy. <laughs> he just, yeah, he, I'm guessing you just want the president's trophy and you want 2-0-0. Okay, I know, sense. like, if I predicted it won't happen, but, like, my other option because of what you guys said was was two losses. I'm like, ah, I don't want to do that. Or, oh, oh yeah. Fair or you point. could just agree with one of us. No. No, it's not fun. Okay. <laughs> and then Ryan, you said one, one and oh. What's your thoughts on that? Like, I don't know. I, I don't have a lot of faith in Anderson tonight. So they're wow. probably going to lose. Just wow. <laughs> Sorry. Uh, yeah. That, that's my thought. So lose tonight and then beat Winnipeg on Friday? Yeah, probably just like a statement. Like, we won't be pushed over by Winnipeg, even though the game doesn't matter. Yeah. Well, I'm going to say 1-0-1. Oh, I think that Freddie's going to play well tonight. We're going to get a dub. And then the Winnipeg game will just go to overtime, and we'll get a point out of it. It doesn't really matter this week, but honestly, like you always want to see the Leafs win no matter when they play. So 1-0-1. Oh, and, and that is the predictions. Damn. Uh, this might be our last regular season episode. I mean, it is, but we... By this time next week, I don't know if the Leafs will have played a playoff game yet. If mm-hmm. not, I say we do next week's episode pretty dedicated to the playoffs. But we also yep. have a special announcement. So we don't know. There could be two episodes, maybe one. There might even be an episode before next week. So should we drop some names while we're here for those who have made it to the 50-ish Ooh. minute of the episode? Yeah. Sure, let's drop some names. I will say I have received contact from one of our potential guests who I haven't even told you guys yet, but looks like they will be joining us on Friday evening. So maybe that episode will go out Saturday. And that is ex-Maple Leaf Matt Stajan. <laughs> one of those guys that I feel like when we were like starting our Leaf fandom was like pretty relevant, like the early 2000s. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and next week, it looks like uh, we have a separate guest. And Paul, I'll let you tease this one. Yeah. So James Duffy, the host of TSN Hockey, will be joining us next Wednesday, confirmed by today. And damn, that's going to be a great guest to do a playoff segment with. So. Hopefully you guys enjoy. Yeah. And that episode will be likely released on Thursday. Yeah. So as it stands, we'll probably have an episode releasing this Saturday, the following Thursday. And if we want to do like a mini episode, like we did the same week Sittler came on, that might be Tuesday or Wednesday before the Duffy episode. Big things coming. 
That was Original Six Podcast. Thank you for listening for four months of the regular season. That's crazy. Wow. If you Mm -hmm. stuck it out here, you deserve the President's Trophy along with the main briefs. I'll let you guys say our favorite three words. Then I have a question that is going to go unanswered as the last thing said on this episode of the podcast. So what are our favorite three words? Ice and Braves go. Oh, come on. Oh, I mean, I mean, uh, uh, goalies go. (laughs) That's a good one. All right, here's my question. I don't know the last time a Canadian team won the President's Trophy, but if a Canadian team wins the President's Trophy, does it become the Prime Minister's Trophy? Oh, my God. (laughs)